Monday, Monday. How are you doing? How are you doing, by the way? It's the 24th of May, 2021. Monday's Richie Allen Show. It's five o'clock here in the UK. Hope you've had a good weekend and you're in good form. I've got two very good guests for you this Monday. It's the BBG, not the BBC. You're listening to the Richie Allen Radio Show, live from Salford in Greater Manchester. So uh, let's crack on, I meant to say. That's the one. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Now, a very nice lady got in touch with me on Friday. Her name is Sean Gissing McMeal. Sean is a mother of four children. She's a law undergraduate, and she's campaigning to try and stop the vaccination of children children being given COVID-19 vaccines. Very interesting lady. She joins the programme this hour. Don't miss her. And three weeks ago, you may very well remember, Dino Joachim came on the programme, the owner of the Nightingale Hotel on the Isle of Wight. Time for a catch-up with Dino. A few things have happened since he was on the programme. Last, he'll be on with me in the second hour. And as usual, you can join in by tweeting BBG Richie. That's where you send me a message during the programme. Yeah, one or two people tell me from time to time, you should leave the theme tune running a bit longer, Rich. (laughs) Can't do that, but yeah, it's good. It's good. I know, it's good. It's good. How the hell are you? Lovely weekend myself. Have to say, I'm enjoying the old Sunday morning melodies more and more and more each Sunday. Afterwards, yesterday, her, indoors, and myself, went out for a few hours to celebrate her birthday. It was a lovely day. Weather wasn't fantastic, but what are you going to do? Allegedly, this coming bank holiday weekend, the weather will be much, much nicer. They are promising us temperatures in the mid-twenties this coming, early twenties, early twenties. This coming weekend, the rain will eventually go away, apparently. Mad stuff in the media today. Urgent questions being asked in the House of Commons over Belarus. The rogue government, the regime. (laughs) There's another regime that we should be talking about now. Uh, The Belarus government is being blamed for diverting a Ryanair plane, which was flying over its territory, because it wanted to arrest an opposition journalist, apparently. Now, it might. It might have done it. Belarus might very well. The government beat to blame. I I don't know. I have to say I don't know. But, you know, it's the BBC, isn't it? It's the BBC and Sky banging on about it, and it's Dominic Raab, so you have to wonder, UK Foreign Secretary, I don't know. EU leaders are discussing their response to what is being called a hijacking, and the US State Department says this is a shocking act. So apparently Belarus scrambled a fighter jet to force the Ryanair plane, which was going to Lithuania, to land. Belarus's fighter jet, its its military, its navy said, because of a bomb threat, you need to land. We've we've learned of a bomb scare on the plane. But they were telling porkies and they took a gentleman called Roman Protasevich away, him and his girlfriend, when the passengers all disembarked. He's a dissident and he's been very critical of the Belarusian government, apparently. There you are. So I don't know. Concerns are being expressed because Belarus is... The remaining, it's the only European country left that still executes its prisoners. I would say the UK executes its prisoners. 
we, we locked old people up in, in care homes, closed all the windows and all the doors, and then we sent people into those care homes with pneumonia and with the flu. That's kind of executing your prisoners, but maybe I'm just being... Maybe that's semantics, maybe. You know, I don't know. This made me laugh. You have to giggle on a Monday. Samoa's first female Prime Minister has been sworn into office in a tent. <laughs> in a tent. Why? Well, because her predecessor won't let her into Parliament. Locked her out. Fiamme Naomi Matafa took the oath of office in a marquee in the gardens of the Parliament, leaving uncertainty over who's running the Pacific Island nation of Samoa now. Now, the Prime Minister, the outgoing Prime Minister, is a woman called Chilipa Salele Maligoli. I completely bollocksed up the last part of that. It's Chilipa Salele Maligoli. Yeah, that's the one. Well done, Richie. Don't say it again. Don't say it again. Anyway, Chilipa was Prime Minister for 22 years. She's ignored a court order to step down. She's just not letting her in. No, 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 you're not coming in. No, I'm the Prime Minister. And that's the end of that. That made me giggle. Uh, Valerie Vaz is a Labour MP for Walsall. Dropped a clangor on BBC television this afternoon. She was on Politics Live, which is presented by Joe Coburn. And they were talking about Dominic Cummings, Boris Johnson's former advisor. They're estranged now. Visitation rights. Cummings keeps the children on Saturdays, every second Saturday. They're estranged. Dominic Cummings will be in the Commons on Wednesday, facing a select committee. What will he say? Well, he's apparently going to say that Johnson was advised, Boris Johnson, to lock down much sooner last year, but ignored it. He's going to accuse Johnson of having a let-it-rip approach to tackling the virus. He's going to say that Johnson favoured herd immunity. Anyway, discussing this today... Labour MP Valerie Vaz said this and threw the cat. She didn't so much throw the cat among the pigeons as well, well, threw the cat among the pigeons. Dominic was at the right hand of the Prime Minister at the time and remember the Prime Minister was in hospital for a while, um, not quite at death's door that we were led to believe, but he was there <sighs> and I think it's Barry, quite important. an extraordinary thing to say. You, are, are you, are you, are you I think it's quite important that we that don't way. forget the 127,000 people I mean, really to say that I think it is genuinely wrong, Valerie, to question how sick the Prime Minister was. He was in intensive care and, and, and very, very ill. And I think, you know, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't allow that to pass without comment. That was simply wrong to say that. Um, Valerie, do you want to take back what you said? I mean, th there's no evidence, is there, that Boris Johnson wasn't seriously ill? What does Valerie know? Ill. He, he was or he was I don't know. None of us were in the room. Well, None of what did you say it for then, you daft bean to? He was in well, intensive was... care, Valerie. OK, so he was in intensive care. I don't know. I can't. I can't honestly. I'm not his doctor. Well, then, but what's the, point, but what's the point I'm of just saying, saying that you, you're I'm not sure? I'm just saying people have done... That's a, that's a television pylon. You see pylons on Twitter all the time. That's a TV pylon there. What did she hear? Dominic Cummings was at his right. We're talking about Dominic Cummings giving evidence, aren't we? We are. So, but you seem Dominic to imply Cummings, that perhaps Cummings the Boris Johnson... When the Prime Minister was in intensive care, and I, I don't know, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know, that that's not the issue. The issue, he was there, the and running the government, doubt on it, and Valerie. he will have made judgment calls, with or without the government, with, with or without the Prime Minister at the time. And yeah, quite frankly, he, the Prime Minister was actually left there, it was left to carry Simons to, to alert the, the medics to 
call to call on uh, to, to look after Domin uh, to, to look after this the prime minister. Like but that's not the point. The point I'm making. Yeah, but why are you making was, it, Valerie? That's, was that's at the, the right yeah. hand of the prime minister at All the right. time making important uh, decisions, sure. and he was there. There Can are 127,000 uh, people who have died, absolutely. including Caroline's own. Mm, and it went on for a few more minutes. She never really expanded on why she said that it was exaggerated, Boris Johnson, or his condition was exaggerated. Well, anyway. Sniffer dogs, it's being proposed today that sniffer dogs be used at airports, at ports and train stations to detect coronavirus-19 in passengers using those facilities. What kind of fuckery is Sniffer dogs. Researchers from the University of Durham, why I man, and the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine are behind a study. The study claims that the doggies are more effective at detecting COVID than lateral flow tests. Yes, the researchers claim that dogs can detect coronavirus in 94% of cases. Partly the coronavirus, the Rona, has a very strong odour which dogs pick up quite easily. So there are a pair of lunatics on Sky News this morning. First, James Logan from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Have a listen to James. What's going on, James? Why are we proposing this? What what will it do? So, you know, what, what we have to be very clear about is we're not saying that dogs could replace PCR or lateral flow testing or anything like that. And um, you would need too many dogs to be able to do that. Um, well, hang on a second. We're not saying that dogs will replace lateral flow and PCR tests. Not just because it's a stupid idea. No, no, it's because we don't have enough doggies. <laughs> what about all those lockdown dogs that dickheads bought, not knowing the first thing about dogs, and now they can't wait to get rid of them? Don't get me started. Anyway. But as Claire said, you know, we could screen a plane for the people in half an hour with two dogs. Um what we could look at is is whether we can target uh, this method. So, you know, we might go to screen certain flights that are coming into the UK, for example, but not just flights. Um, you know, we, in our paper that we, we've we've just released today, um, you know, we did look at airports as one scenario of airports of where we could use dogs. But dogs could be used in a number of different scenarios, including uh, sporting events and stadiums, uh, train stations, maybe even workplaces as well. So um, <laughs> the, the, the real key to this is the speed. There is nothing else that compares to that sort of speed um, of screening people very, very rapidly. So there could be lots of opportunities if we can have enough dogs to, to, to use in the field, in the real world. Just need the dogs. Just need the dogs. Workplaces. Workplaces. Clock in, punch your card, let the dog have a good sniff of your bollocks and then put the kettle on. I should let um, our golden retriever Leia loose in Manchester Airport as a practical joke if this comes in. If they bring this in. You think people are a bit jumpy and a bit jittery now? Can you imagine if they bring this in? I'm going to let our golden retriever loose in Terminal 1 in Manchester Airport. Because she jumps up on everyone. I can't cure her of the habit. I tried a cattle prod, then a taser. No good. The little bollocks keeps jumping up and down on people. Let her loose in arrivals at Manchester Airport. They'll quarantine, well, they'll quarantine the whole fucking city. Where's the opposition? Where, where, where's the opposition to this? You know, I, I really, we are through the looking glass here, people. 
We, we really are. I'm watching the telly. I know you, you would say, well, Richie, you, you know better than most. You, you shouldn't be expecting an intervention from, from a journalist. But I do. I, I sit there and I'm thinking, this, this must be it. This is the final one. Now the presenter is going to rip them a new one. No, no. The presenter, Stephen Dixon, asked the next guest, whose name is Claire Guest. She's a batshit crazy dog lady and the CEO of Medical Detection Dogs. Why can't we roll this out quick, said the presenter. Quick, said Stephen Dixon. What did the batshit crazy dog lady say? Well, I mean, that's a very good point. And, you know, at the charity, we've been working for over 10 years now to get an evidence base to actually show that although these biosensors have got a fluffy coat and wacky tail and in this case, very fluffy. What did she just call our furry chums there? What did she say? actually show that although these biosensors have got a fluffy coat and waggy tail and then although these biosensors have got a fluffy coat and a waggy tail they're biosensors now space a very fluffy top knot you know he is a very very accurate biosensor bio he's a biosensor yeah he looks like a cross between a golden retriever and a collie maybe with a bit of spaniel thrown in but he's a biosensor really and I think the scepticism is that, you know, well, how can a dog possibly do this? But of course, we use these dogs to keep us safe in terms of finding drugs, and explosives. And, you know, they are relied upon to keep us safe. And this is just another application of the dog's incredible sense of smell and his willingness to to look for odour. And, you know, the scepticism is slowing things down. You know, we need to get these dogs out there as soon as we can. To get them out there as quick as we can. To assist in this, this fight against um, COVID-19, just like they, they assist in, in the fight against um, terrorism and explosions. So, so they're equating coronavirus now with terrorism and explosions. Don't think I'm making an unnecessary leap. It's exactly what they're doing. COVID is, well, it's as dangerous as terrorism if it's left go and check through society. And you're a bioweapon. If he's a biosensor, Fido, or Rex, or Rocky, or in my case, Leia, well, they're biosensors. Well, then we're bioweapons. Uh, we have to be stopped. This is a very, very serious, um, serious science behind all our work. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I don't want to take anything away from the dogs, James. In any, But it, is there a way that... Shut we- up! Well, it may- Anyway, that was Stephen Dixon, the presenter, who managed to keep a straight face through all of that. So you, so you take a nice little weekend break then to, you go to Schiphol, 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 Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam. You fancy a bit of gange and some decent lager for a change. And maybe, maybe a bit of a roll in the hay with one of the prosers over in the red light district. You've got it all planned out. And you get to Amsterdam and down the steps you come across to the terminal you you go and they the dogs come up to you. And then some arsehole handling the dog says you've got to leave the line and you've got to go and have a PCR test. What happens when you say, no, absolutely not under any circumstances. I'm in great health. I'm in rude health. A picture of health am I. I don't... Sub- to that at all. What happens then? Well, it's obvious what happens then. You'll be arrested. You'll be arrested. I mean, is there anything left really to say? Not on that, no. Yeah, biosensors. That's what they are. It's a biosensor 
with a fluffy tail and big floppy ears. It's not a dog, it's a biosensor, said batshit dog lady. Batshit crazy dog lady. Uh, Claire Guest, the CEO of Medical Detection Doggies. Lovely. LBC Radio, interesting conversation this morning between James O'Brien, that's the one, and a caller called Alan. Alan called in and said to O'Brien that he regularly mentions the death figures on his show, but that James O'Brien is wrong, that he shouldn't say 127,000 or 130,000 people have died of coronavirus because it's wrong. James O'Brien is an idiot. He is, but he steers the conversation away from the death figures. He's an odious twerp, this guy. About one of the worst I've ever heard. Listen to the first couple of minutes of this. You come on, you come on every morning and you speak, <sighs> keep stating this 130,000 deaths, which you know is not true, James. Right, And I've I? got facts of it. Okay. But I have to listen to this every day. No, you don't, Alan. It's completely optional, this. mate. So, oh, no, so how do I know what I'm saying is not true? Just very briefly, if you would, and then we'll get back to the phone-in with people who, who want to contribute to it. I'm contributing to it, James. No, but no, you're not, Alan. You're pursuing entirely your own... Um, no, I'm Which sorry, is fine. I'm... Just talk me through how, why I'm lying about the, the official death toll. Because my uncle died. Yes. He had three weeks to live. He went into hospital. He was dying. He phoned my dad up the day before. Said He had a terminal illness, his father. He was dying. He only had weeks to live, right? I'm, I'm dying. I've got three weeks. Yes. He went into hospital and he died with COVID. Now, he's a statistic. On his death certificate, it said he died of COVID. Now, of COVID. He didn't die of COVID. He died of something else. But they gave him a PCR test. Highly dubious test, of course. It's been ridiculed. It's been debunked. The test, the, the, man, the, the inventor of the test said it shouldn't ever be used to diagnose viral load or to, to check for viral load. We know all this. This guy's uh, uncle went in. He dies because he was expected to die. And he goes down as a COVID statistic. So that's all that Alan needs to do to blow James O'Brien out of the water with his bullshit, I believe the government figures. O'Brien must know that recently the government admitted that maybe 25% of the death numbers are wrong. Maybe 25%. We, we, we know it's a lot more than that. How does it progress? Of COVID. Now, I'm very, goes, very sorry for your loss. Why does that make... Sounded very sincere there, didn't he? ...make Boris Johnson um, the, the no, one that's telling the truth him, at the moment. It doesn't make him responsible for the, the things that you say every morning, 130,000 deaths. The, these, these, are the official, these are the official figures. I, I mean, you can, you you're welcome them, to use your own, you Alan. Of course I believe them. They're the only really? figures that are... Well, you choose your own number then if you want to say how many people have died. Well, just, just in case you don't remember, maybe you've forgotten, the COVID deaths, deaths even, are measured. Simply. They're counted like this. Anybody dying within 28 days of having received a COVID test and tested positive is counted as a COVID death. This, to say this is unscientific is laughable. It's an understatement. So you get a you're asymptomatic. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing. And you get a COVID test, a PCR test, which throws up massive amounts of false positives. So they say that you're positive. You're not really. You've not got anything. You've not got a cough. You've not got a cold, right? A couple of weeks later, you get hit by a car. You were listed as a coronavirus death. This was so serious last year that Oxford University published a paper on it. 
and said the death figures were being inflated by this lunatic way of counting the numbers. So surely that bearded twat at LBC, the London School of Economics graduate, he must know this. And if he knows that, he knows that the idea 127,000 people were killed by something that barely brushes the vast majority of us. Well, it's a ludicrous concept. Anyway, but he cleverly steers it away now from the death figures. Pointed out a fact to you, John. And I'm saying you can choose your own number, Alan. I've got no beef with you on that. What number would you like me to say every day? Well, I'd, I'd like to say there's probably half that figure. OK, so we'll say 63,000 people have died. Yeah. Dominic Cummings says an awful lot of them would still be alive if we'd gone into lockdown sooner and we hadn't flirted with this notional idea of herd immunity. So who do you believe? No, he was there at the time, Alan. So who do you believe? I believe Boris Johnson. And and why? Because he's the guy that's in charge. He's got a lot of advisors around him, as we know. Yes. He's got the guy. And his key advisor his key advisor is saying that this isn't true. So you can't really say he's got a lot of advisors around him when the most Imagine the hypocrisy of O'Brien. O'Brien spent at least two weeks last year criticising and condemning Dominic Cummins as basically a complete non-entity, a fool of a man and a worthless waster. That's how O'Brien categorised Dominic Cummings. But now it suits O'Brien. He's all for Cummings and what Cummings might say about Boris Johnson in the Commons on, on Wednesday. It's preposterous that anybody who calls themselves a journalist, who has any modicum of any, who has any ability, even a smidgen of ability, to, to think critically, preposterous to say out loud that 130,000 people have died of a virus when it's ridiculous. That's the one thing that they've had to back down on, the government and even the media. It's, it's ridiculous. It's 22 minutes past five o'clock. I'm hoping in a couple of minutes' time to be speaking with uh, a lady who got in touch with me on Friday to talk about her concern about plans to vaccinate children against coronavirus. Her name is, let me just bring it up here, her name is Sean Gissing McMeal. She's got four children, 13, 7, 2 and 8 months. Got her hands full there as Sean with uh, the young baby. She's campaigning and is running a campaign as we speak to raise awareness about the harm that will be done to children who are vaccinated with one of these vaccines. And she'll join me in a couple of minutes' time. You're with the Richie Allen Radio Show, which is always, is as always, live from Super Salford in uh, the great, great northwest of the UK. And don't forget, we're off to the Isle of Wight. Dino Joachim will be back with me in our two, too. Don't forget that. Music from John Waite. Missing you. 26 minutes past five o'clock, Monday, the 24th of May, 2021. And Robert Zimmerman, the great Bob Dylan, 80 years old today. Bit of a legend. I was a latecomer to Bob's music. I was, I don't mind admitting it, didn't get it in my teens and even later on. But these days I'm, well, I'm a, I'm a fully paid up member of the Bob Dylan Appreciation Society. I'll drag out a, a song or two maybe before the end of the programme. Amazing guy, really. I remember being at Salford University doing postgraduate study 
And a lovely guy was there at the time called C.P. Lee. Uh, Chris Lee, C.P. Lee. And he, I don't know if Chris is still there, but he, he'd, he'd written some books on Bob Dylan over the years and had become quite friendly with Bob Dylan. And Chris, you've got to help me out here now. Where was Bob Dylan in Manchester in the 60s when he was heckled? Was he in the Free Trade Hall? I might be wrong now. Maybe the Free Trade Hall, maybe not. Dylan was in, and um, somebody called him Judas from the crowd because the, the, the fan was a bit cheesed off that Bob had gone electric. A lot of his folk fans, you see, were cheesed right off that Bob went electric, fattened out his sound. Well, of course, he was inevitably going to adopt a rockier sound and go with the style of the time. But somebody shouted out Judas and Bob said, I don't believe you and carried on. Free Trade Hall, was it? But Chris was at that gig, and I remember him regaling us with the story of being there when I was uh, studying briefly at Salford University. So I'm waiting for my first guest, Sean Gissing McMeal, to to drop in. She's not been in touch with me, so I'm a, a smidgen concerned that we won't have her, which is a bit of a shame, really, because I'm very interested in what she has to say. Uh, I don't know, maybe something has happened. Maybe she'll be here in a moment. We'll give her some time anyway. If uh, we don't get her, there are one or two things I want to talk about anyway, not least an article that I posted to my website this afternoon, richieallen.co.uk. An article about, um, well, taking on this nightmare in the court or courts and why I remain committed today to, to my belief and I've had this belief for many, many, many years, is that you can't fight the system with the system. It's never been done, okay? You can't take on the system in the courts of law. It doesn't work, and it never will work, however well-intentioned somebody is. And you, you take a guy like Reiner Fulmich, I, I believe might very well be well-intentioned. I don't know the man. I know nothing about him. Last June, or thereabouts, when he popped his head above the parapet, it was about the first time anybody had heard of him, May or June last year. Um, like everybody else, I reached out to the guy. Reached out to him a few times, and then he, he didn't want to come on, which I totally understood. Uh, this isn't a case now of hell hath no fury. You've got to understand that. I'm a bit too long in the tooth for that. I understand why people choose not to come on the programme because it can be detrimental for them, for their careers and for their image. So I don't mind that. It happens all the time. I'm in touch with people who've told me they couldn't come on the programme lest they be hammered in the media for it. But I did reach out to him last year. It's about a year later. And I know that this guy, Fulmich, he's done some video conferences with Dolores Cahill, who I'm very fond of and will always be very fond of. A great lady incredibly sincere and completely qualified to say what it is that she has said and, 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 and has been saying and is saying. But, um, and that's all very well. It's great to gather <clears throat> a community of scientists, academics, who, who know that this is a dystopian nightmare. It's a great thing to do that put on video conferences. That's all good, well and good, great, happy days. And, you know, I've seen some of this stuff before, I have, I, have, I have no problem with it whatsoever. It's great. We have the great Barrington Declaration. You know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people have signed that. And many, many tens of thousands of them 
are legitimate scientists and doctors and nurses, so it's all very good. Problem is the media doesn't do anything with it. It ultimately doesn't go anywhere. The vast majority of people never learn about the great Barrington scientists. They never learn about Dolores Cahill. They never learn about Sir Jared Bacti. That's just the way things are. You do your best, right? When I say you do, you do your best. I know you do. You use your heavily, heavily censored social media platforms to try and get the word out there. You do that anyway. You, 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 go, to, you go to rallies in London, which is great, and you hand out information to people. <clears throat> Brilliant. But the great, great majority of people will never know the information you know. And as for going to court with it, again, I've been doing pro- programmes like this since, since the late noughties. And I've interviewed everybody. All the people that you love, the, the books you, you've read, those authors, I've had them on over the years. I've had wonderful conversations with them. Some of them are not here anymore, which, which, is, which is good and bad. Good, I suppose, they don't have to see this. Bad because, well, some of them are taken very young. And, my God, they'd be useful now. People like the great Jim Mars, a great old school writer and, and journalist. But taking them on through the system, you know, going to court and saying that... And I, listen, I don't... Um, I wouldn't deny anybody's right to do this. Jesus, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be discouraging somebody from taking a... In the case of Reiner Fulmisch, he's taking a German virologist to court and the Bundestag and anybody he can sue because of the reliance on the totally debunked PCR test. And I wouldn't deny him his right to do that. What has annoyed me, and maybe I didn't make it clear in my article today, which is not like me, I'm usually pretty succinct when I've got something to say, is that the truth or industrial complex kind of hijacked this and run with it and made all sorts sorts of startling claims about what's going to happen and, you know, this is going to end all of this tyranny and it's going to bring down all of these governments and, you know, the International Criminal Court. It isn't. It isn't. It's not going to go to court. That's the harsh, inescapable reality. An appeals court in Portugal ruled last year that the PCR, PCR test is worthless. Didn't it? Presumably you remember this. Last year. Right? Last November, was it? An appeals court in Portugal, a genuine court of law, said the PCR test is worthless. What did it matter? Didn't matter a damn. Did hospitals, did testing centres stop using it? No. Did the media go, my God, a court has ruled that the PCR test is worthless and it's wrongly, it's wrongly signalling that people are infected with COVID-19. Did the media do that? Did the media demand that guidelines and restrictions and, and lockdowns are ended? No, it didn't. Did politicians do it? No. No, they didn't. Nobody is going to win this war, and it is a war, in a court of law that is effectively run by the establishment that is running this scamdemic on you, me and everyone we know. It's not going to happen. I know this as sure as I know that today is Monday, the 24th of, of May 2021. I know it in my bones. I know that four, five, six weeks will go by. A year has gone by. 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 
A year will go by. Nobody will win a court case against any official in any government over the PCR test. And then bring an end to this nightmarish dystopian existence that we're that we are enduring at the moment. It's not going to happen. And way back in the beginning, back in um, May, June last year, uh, Reiner, Reiner Fulmish, if I pronounce his surname properly, he, he was talking about suing the World Health Organization and anybody else and his supporters and some of his mates who co-signed his declaration with him were saying Nuremberg trials and stuff like that. They were saying this stuff. They might have toned it down in recent months and focused on suing a virologist in Germany. But that, that was what they were saying back at the beginning. And I would have imagined that Reiner Fulmisch, as a lawyer who allegedly, I'm pretty sure he did, practice in Germany and then went on to practice in North America, he must know that he doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning a court case against the virologists that advised the German government. It's just not going to be allowed. And you get guys like him, and he's probably sincere. I mean, why wouldn't he be? We never heard of him before now. He's not a truther. But truthers pick it up and they run with it. Use it as clickbait to draw attention to themselves. And people then get very wrapped up in it and they pin their hopes on it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I've been telling you for years. Not to pin your hopes on it. I said today I've got very thick skin. You'll, you'll, you'll get pissed off and you'll start, you'll start giving me shit, which I don't mind, because you don't want to hear the truth. Maybe not you, but the person next to you doesn't want to hear it. Doesn't want to hear. Doesn't want to be confronted with the reality that at some stage you're going to have to get up off your arse and do something. You really are. And it makes me laugh when people come back at me. What are you doing? Well, I'm doing everything that I say I'm doing. I've never worn a mask. I've made a point of it. I've made a point of inviting people into my home. Many people. Neighbours, friends. Over the course of the last 12 months. And making it public that I was doing that. I've met people in parks, I've met them on streets and I've gently tried to explain to them what's going on. And on this programme, I've platformed real epidemiologists and doctors and nurses who have a different point of view. That's what I've done. You might say it's not a lot, Richie. It's not affecting... Mo- well, it isn't. I'll, I'll give you that. It isn't. I'd be the first to admit that. What have you changed? I'd be the first to say nothing. Nothing, really. I'm a reporter. I'm not an activist. I'm not an act. It's the reason I don't turn up to the rallies. And it's a very good reason. I am not an activist. I'm a reporter. I'm a journalist. It's my job to keep a distance from that and to report on it, which I do. So you say, what have you done? I would say, I would agree with you, nothing. Oh, at least Reiner Fulmish. Yes, okay, at least Reiner Fulmish is trying to do something. But I'm arguing that he probably knows it's futile. And I'm surprised that people who've been around the independent media, people who've been around since 
the 90s when David Icke first began writing and talking, I'm surprised that you still get caught up in this idea that the House of Cards can be brought down in a court of law. It can't. And it won't be. So I reserve my right of free speech to say this is how I see it. Like it or lump it. You don't have to like it. You can lump it. Or you can phone in next time and have a go at me. I don't, I don't mind. I'm not James O'Brien. I'm not going to be rude to you. I'm not going to try and embarrass you. I'll listen to you. I'd quite happily speak to Reiner Fulmish and ask him, what are you wasting your time with this for? What do you really hope to achieve? And sadly, I've seen one or two interviews, not recently now, but in the last six months, I've seen one or two interviews with Fulmish and none of the so-called content creators who interviewed him had the courage to ask him any real questions. What's the point like? What are the odds like? Show me some case law. What are you going to do? Will you even be allowed to call this witness or that witness? Will these people even show up to court, you know? I made the point today on my website, and I'm not saying this about Fulmish now, I'm saying this about that, I'm not even going to mention his name. You know that there's a truther, a moron, who claimed last year he was going to get Matt Hancock in a court of law. World-class Walter Mitty nonsense, right? I called it out back then. And uh, I, I don't feel it's necessary for me to call this stuff out. It's not my job to be pointing at people and calling them idiots. I don't feel that I should have a responsibility to do that. But you see, you drive me to it because you tweet me and you tell me, hallelujah, hallelujah, Richie, or Baldy, look at it, look. Look at what this guy's doing, he's suing Matt Hancock. And I just sigh, groan, then I throw things around the room for a few minutes. And then I look at you, not face to face on Twitter, and I think you're a dunce. You really believe that. And some of you do. And you should know better. That's why I call it out from time to time. So I'd be asking him, really, honestly, which court exactly? Which court is going to hear this claim against this German virologist who advised the German government? Let us know. I'm all for this. And, and I'll tell you, and I know you, you know me as much as anybody. You and I have been talking now on this programme for nearly seven years. Warts and all, you know who I am. Faults, the whole lot. I'd love nothing more than Reiner Fulmish to win a court case in Germany that might lead to the bringing down of the German government over the PCR test. I'd love it. I'd be doing cartwheels. I'd be ordering crates of beer. I'd have a party on the street. Of course I would. And this other lawyer who claimed that he was going to get Matt Hancock in court, I'd love him to get Matt Hancock in court over the many things you could sue Matt Hancock for. But it's not going to happen. Ever. When you realise that, at some point you have to say to yourself, what am I going to do now? Because sitting around, I made the point last week, thankfully you took it in the spirit it was meant. I tweeted, this war will not be won on Twitter. And I said that because I was just getting fed up. I don't, I'm not on Twitter very often. I go on there to post the articles from the website. But I'm just getting fed up of activists tweeting out proclamations. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. No, you're not going to do fuck all, is the reality. You're in your living room on your sofa or you're in your bedroom and you're tweeting keyboard warrior about what you're going to do 
And ultimately, you're not going to do anything. You're just going to sit there talking about how shit everything is. Then somebody comes along and says, I'm going to sue the government. And that absolves you of the responsibility to do something. Gives you breathing space. Ah, great, the truther is doing it. But the truther isn't doing it. And I'm not calling Reiner Fulmish a truther, by the way, or anything like it. I don't know the man. And that's kind of where we are. And that's why I put that article online today. Quickly, it must be said. Not to, as I said, in any way... um, go after or, or to, to, to discourage anybody from doing anything, do it by all means. If you think you can sue um, the German government and you can get them in a court of law and their scientific advisors, all the best, pal. The, the very, very best. But I suspect, and I've been around the block a thousand times, I suspect that he knows nothing is going to come of it. Doesn't matter how many Dolores Cahills or or Sacharit Bhakti that you've got with you. It doesn't matter a damn. The system can't be beat using the systems, using the apparatus of the system or the pillars of the system. It can't. It's the same thing as saying, you know, next election. Only the election comes around and what, what have you got? You've got Keir Starmer locked down harder and faster. You've got the government. Let's keep telling you lies about ending restrictions so long as you have the vaccines. Oh, we've had the vaccines. Can you end the... Oh, no, no, we found a variant. Okay? So you've got Labour locked down harder and faster. You've got the government... Ooh, be careful now. Be careful, we found the Harry Molly variant next to the Ladybird variant. That's a quadruple mutant variant in Yorkshire. Just hang on a bit. And then you've got the Liberal Democrats who are... Yeah, just keep locking down. Lock down, protect the old, protect the elderly. While the nation burns metaphorically, while the economy smoulders. A ruin. Yeah, yeah, next time we'll vote somebody in. No, no. No. So that's um, where I am on court cases being brought by various people. I'll believe it when I see it. And like I said, I know in my heart of hearts it won't happen. And some of you are today, oh, will you retract, Richie? Retract! I'll retract on steroids if it happens. Cartwheels, I told you. Cartwheels. You think I like living like this? Do you think I like living like this? It's more difficult for me because I work from home anyway. I've gotten, uh, you know, I've got a, I'm sitting in it now, a wonderful technological miracle of a home-built radio studio with all the bells and whistles, BBC, everything. It's magnificent. So it's a nice place to be. It's a nice place to be when you can get out. When you can go to the theatre. When you can go to a restaurant. When you can go to the pub. But like you, for 14 months or 15 months, I've not been able to get out really. To get out out. Properly let my three hairs down, the three hairs left on my head. And being pretty much a work from home guy before that, means that this is killing me living like this. So yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. If somebody manages to get into a court of law and bring down these governments using well-thought-out, reasoned, logical arguments presented by witnesses with their PhDs, like I told you, I'll be the first one on the streets. But it's not going to happen. 
And that's really all there is to it. Uh, I've been left down by my guest, by the way, which gave me the time to uh, chat with you. I think she's... um, I think she's had cold feet. 13 minutes it is to 6 o'clock. I will be chatting again. We had him on three weeks ago. He was great. I want to get him back on. The proprietor of the Nightingale Hotel on the Isle of Wight, Dino Joykin, will be with me shortly. I will read out your tweets because some of you are disagreeing with me, which is good. I'll read the tweets out when we come back from this. It's a happy 80th birthday for Bob Dylan. The great Bob Dylan. I know you might find it hard to believe, but I, the first time I heard that song, because I wasn't into Dylan growing up and nobody else was into Dylan, at least none of my friends and, uh, and family anyway, first time I heard that was in a film which I think came out in 1993. Jim Sheridan made a film about the Guildford Four called In the Name of the Father. You might remember that. Very good film. It took some liberties with the truth, which these types of movies do, don't they? Based on a true story. They should say loosely loosely based on a true story. But it was very well acted. Daniel Day-Lewis was in it. Emma Thompson was in it. And a man I met a couple of times was in it too, whose surname escapes me. Great actor. He's been in some stuff recently. Northern Irish actor called John, John, John. He played George Best. Can't think of his surname now. He played Paul Hill in the film. Very good film. First time I saw or heard that song, kind of then started my Dylan journey. 80 years old today. Bob Dylan. My pal Spiro Skouras, activistpost.com and Spiro on YouTube says, Richie, the listening to this thing about the trucer industrial complex and the court cases, he says, to me it's similar to the Q tards and Q anon garbage. It is for many of the followers, definitely Spiro. Like I said earlier, I'm prepared to accept why wouldn't I, on the face of it, that Reiner Fulmish is genuine. I've no reason to believe he isn't genuine. But there's a nagging. There is that nagging thing at the back of my mind. He he must know that he's not got a chance. He, he must know that, you know. Anyway, uh, let me read out some dissenting comments because that's always good. Shame we're not doing a phone-in because you could come on and have a go at me. Uh, Proly says, Richie, I hear it as it was said. It's pointless trying to bring down the system using the system's tools. That's uh, Proly on Twitter. Seb T says, Richie, we have heard of Fulmish. He is a qualified trial lawyer with successes, including the VW emission scandal. Agree that it may come to note, but it's good to see someone establishment with experience and contacts attempting. Let me just bring that back up there. John Lynch is the answer to that, by the way. Well done. Uh, John Lynch, the actor. Well done, Paul. Let me just scroll back to what Seb was saying. He says, I agree that it may come to note, but it's good to see someone establishment with experience and contacts attempting to coordinate legal action globally. Okay, let me take the last part of that. He might be a great trial lawyer. I don't know anything about him, really. Um, but, but, but why sit around, you know, pinning all of your hopes on this guy? succeeding in a court case when the odds against them succeeding in a court case are very, very, very long. You know, it's not good enough to say Asher, it's lovely, he tried. I was thinking about that this morning. I'm a sports fan. Now, I'm not a curmudgeonly sports fan. I'm not a sports fan who gets really upset during the games. Not anymore. I did when I was much younger. I don't do it anymore. I watch the sports in any case, but I'm much more... 
I suppose, suppose nonplussed about what happens on the field, right? Okay, that's how I am these days. But I still want my sports teams to win the big games. And I come away, it's no good to me that, oh, well, they tried. But you didn't win. Ah, oh, yeah, but we tried. Yeah, but you didn't win. Sounds harsh, that, doesn't it? <laughs> you tried, but you didn't win. But in the meantime, you know, you know the odds against this are astronomical. And you know in your heart of hearts it's not going to happen. Conan says, Richie, I hear that you don't want to go to the protests as an activist, but I think you could go as a journalist just to see what they're like and see how the police acts firsthand. Don't need to do that, Conan. There are enough people running live streams from these events. I don't need to do that to see what goes on. I know how the police behave. I've reported on it. And um, I just have no interest in going down to London. Four hours of a drive to walk down, to walk around Leicester Square or, or to go to one of the parks. I have no interest in it. Because nothing is going to come of that either. That being said, if you listen to the programme regularly, you will remember me saying, absolutely you should go to those protests if you like. And I'm sure it's nice to be amongst like-minded people. I'm sure there's a spirituality to that. And I think that's great. I don't need that. I don't need it. I've been doing this longer than most of you have had hot dinners. Interviewing people about these things. Years now. 12 years or more. I don't need to go to a protest to meet like-minded people and to pose for selfies. I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. But, but, but I don't scorn it. I don't um, look down on it. I get it. You come back spiritually recharged, lovely, happy days. But, but in the end, nothing, nothing changes. And the establishment is happy for you to protest. It even tells you how to protest and where to protest. And what do you do? You do what you're told. You protest where you're told and when you're told. Amazing, isn't it? I'm free! Yeah, but I've seen people tweet out videos following police officers on horses, being led to a place where they can protest. You're really free? You see what I'm saying? I hold back quite a lot because you don't want to hear it. You really don't. Oh, Jesus. I used to do it regularly. I couldn't be arsed. You know, those goons down south. The Hampstead Heath thing. I still get the occasional email from people. Richie, you've got an enormous... Yeah, 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 I've got an enormous audience. I know I have. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you promote some of these people? I can't. Why, Richie? Well, these people promoted a hoax that school teachers were eating babies in Hampstead. (laughs) You know... So no, I won't, I won't promote them, no, or anything like it. I wish they fell into the sea, to be honest. I'm, this is the thing with you, some of you. So, um, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Let's move right on and uh, let me read some more of these comments. Lots of them coming in. Uh, I particularly want to hear from you if you totally disagree with me. Please do. I'm going to read your tweets out. Uh, JJ says, Richie, good evening. I think this fraud, organised crime is so blatant and so easy to deconstruct that it must collapse eventually. I don't see how those involved escape some sort of justice. Billions of people around the world see what's really going on. JJ, that's nonsense. Billions of people around the world do not see what's going on. And and I'm having a go at you now, JJ. Don't fall out with me. I love you. I do, really. I, I really do love you. I love you. I love you for being there for me. I'm there for you. You're there for me. We have a chat. But don't think that billions of people are awake to it. They're not or anything like it. 
Okay. Let me move on down. Lots of these comments coming in here. I'm looking for the ones that are having a go at me. Have a go at me. Go on. And uh, I'll fit you in sometime. Richard says, Richie, I think we could have massive outside parties on parks. What can the police do? We could just smile and wave the coppers in and ask them to join. Now, that's civil disobedience. That's ultimately, in my opinion, this is my opinion. I don't know this to be true. My opinion is this ends and only ends when we collectively come together, all of us, not to be led by police officers to Hyde Park, but when thousands at the beginning and then ultimately tens of thousands of people refuse to comply. That's when it ends. It ends when every business in a high street in Morecambe or in a high street in Leeds come together, Chamber of Commerce, and says, no, we're not having it anymore. We're going to the wall. My children's future is at stake here. I'm opening my fucking business. I'm opening my fucking business. We're all going to open our fucking businesses. That's how it begins. When people refuse to comply. When massive amounts of people get on trains and rip up their face masks and challenge the transport police to do anything about it. That's when it ends. Non-violent civil disobedience. A refusal to comply with your own destruction. Because this is a destruction agenda. I wrote about this over the weekend. They are desperate. I've never seen such desperation. To inject every man, woman and child in this country. How many, what are we talking, 67 million people. Desperate to inject people with this poison. Why? Can't be about the virus, we know that. The virus is nothing. For most people, it's nothing. It might be a problem for people with the two or three comorbidities and it might be a problem for older people whose immune systems are suppressed. But for the majority, coronavirus is a nothing thing. It isn't a problem. But they want to inject 67 million people. And they are going to extraordinary lengths to do it too. Trying to turn man against his brother, women against their children, by labelling refuseniks, using the term refuseniks over and over and over again, and equating the refuseniks with death and never-ending lockdowns. The refuseniks. If a journalist coming out all over the place, TV presenters, scathing monologues about the refuseniks, kick them out of the country, lock them, not so much lock them up, but lock them out of everything, ostracise them, fuck them, don't let them come anywhere near you. Don't give them a job. This has been everywhere. Desperate. Lockstep. The media, the police, the NHS, every fucking political party. And you think you're going to end this by going into a court of law with a briefcase. And a few people, no matter how excellent they are, Dolores is an amazing woman. Doesn't matter a fuck though. Not going to happen. Right? Like I said, it happened in Portugal in November. Appeals court said this PCR test is shit. What happened then? Did the Portuguese come running out on the streets? Did they? Did they? Did they start inflating the fucking bouncy castles? Did they? Eh? No, they didn't. 
They didn't. The media didn't report it. And when the Portuguese appeals court basically denounced the PCR test, well, you got the usual backlash from the government scientists. They all came out really strongly and said the the, the judge who ruled against the PCR test was a madman. Uh, This is a terrible virus. It's killing loads of people. It's going to kill your granny. It's going to kill your granddad. Take the fucking test. Isolate. And people did it anyway. So imagine tomorrow Reiner Fulmish wins a court case in, in, in New York, in Bonn, in Germany, in Hamburg or in Berlin. Imagine. Fucking difference would it make? None. That's properly letting your balloon down now, isn't it? That's deflation, that. Not only is he not going to win a court case, but even if he did, it wouldn't matter. That's where we are. Mondays. I spend most of my Sundays thinking about the way that I'm going to make you laugh your arses off on Mondays. And invariably, I manage to do that. Because Monday is a happy time. Well, it isn't a happy time. It's a terrible time for most of us. I try to keep it light. But I have to talk about this today. And I won't continue on this vein for the rest of the week. And not next week or the week after. I've just got to say this. Because I think you need to hear it. You know? Can't be dependent on heroes to deliver us from this evil. You've got to do something yourself. And um, I'm not going to answer the question anymore, what would you do, Richie? Because I'm fed up of answering it. I've been saying this on this programme for seven years. And before that, mass, non-violent civil disobedience is the only way to deal with this. The only way. Isn't it? Pete says, Richie, fair enough, a German court also ruled the lockdown unconstitutional. Thanks, Pete. What came of it? Nada. He's right to try, though, but you're right, people shouldn't get their hopes up, says Pete. Thanks, Pete. Darren says, we need absolute dissent, nothing else. Let's scroll on down there. Charlie says, I'd rather believe him than you, Richie, just saying. Fair enough, Charlie. You keep doing that. You keep believing that a lawyer is going to bring this whole nightmare down and win a court case against the PCR test. You believe that all you want. Guys like you, Charlie, or women like you, you'll disappear. Same happened last year when I, when I exposed that clown who said he was going to get Matt Hancock in court. Oh, I got dogs abuse on Twitter. And all the fucking idiots who were giving me dogs abuse disappeared off the face of the fucking earth. Where are they now? Where's this court case with Matt Hancock? Ah, oh, that's right, it's not happening. Nor was it ever going to happen. Yeah. Gary says, be like Florida and Texas, just ignore the rules. Open up, gather together and get on with your life. You don't have to shout about it or take selfies, just get on with it. I would agree with that. Debs says, got to get these coward business owners to refuse the money, haven't we? The furlough money, she means. And the business payouts. They're the reason we are here, says Debs. Ultimately, people are fucking lazy, says Debs. I lost my job for refusing a temperature gun test. I'll never be pushed into submission. Angela says, I work with elderly people who had no viruses for over a year. Now more than half have severe health issues since the jab. Robert says, I will never pay council tax until all Agenda 21 is scrapped. Hoping 10 million will do Likewise. Thanks, Robert. Let me scroll on down. 
Danny says, Richie, is there anywhere in the so-called democratised West that you think is doing it right? I.e. Florida or Sweden. Danny, to the best of my knowledge, Florida, Sweden, Florida is a state, obviously Sweden's a country. States and countries are rolling out the vaccinations, aren't they? This is the problem. You know, for a while everybody loved Julia Hartley Brewer on talk radio. Oh, Julia's brilliant. Oh, she's taking them on. She spends most of her mornings now, Julia, I do hear her, praising the vaccine rollout. It's brilliant. Brilliant. The vaccine rollout's fantastic. It's a triumph for the UK. A triumph. Injecting people with products that nobody knows, nobody could know, are safe for human consumption. Products that are still in trials. Products that were given emergency use authorization, And products that led to the manufacturers of those products being indemnified against prosecution or against litigation when the products start harming people. That's a triumph, is it? It's a triumph that we've given 50 or 60 million vaccinations now. It's a triumph. It's a wonderful triumph, says Julia Hartley Brewer, that we scared, conned and coerced the population into taking a treatment that they know nothing about for an illness they might have already had and didn't even notice. That's not a triumph, is it? That's insanity, that. When you put it like that, it can't be challenged. That's insane. Isn't it? Citizen says, Richie, I think you've confused a lot of claims that came from confused people. Like yourself, Richie. Not him. Bit of a straw man. He's using class action lawsuits and is centering everything on the fraudulent use of PCR tests past 25 cycles. Citizen J. The man is on the record last year. On the record. Talking about suing the World Health Organization and using the International Criminal Court. So he might have toned that down now. I don't know whether he's toned it down or not. But these are the claims he was making. And the people he surrounded himself with. Some of them using the term Nuremberg style trials. Bullshit! Bullshit! There won't be any Nuremberg style trials for anybody. How many of these fucking ridiculous tribunals do you have to see? before you realise that they are just a load of old bollocks. These stupid tribunals that are held on the internet by people who who are holding trials against high-profile paedophiles, trials that don't have an ounce of meaning. We found, uh, we found, uh, Edward Heath or we found somebody else guilty. Uh, sometimes they, they talk about people that are living. We, we had a tribunal, uh, we had a tribunal and we find this guy guilty. Right. So you had a mock trial then on the internet. You have no authority. None. And you had a mock trial of a man who's sitting comfortably in his house eating fucking pot noodles and drinking a beer. But you had a mock trial and you declared him to be guilty of crimes against humanity. That's where this is leading. You know... Anyway, it's time we get a guest on. 
uh, left down by my first guest today. Ah, shit happens as the saying goes. Shit happens. What are you going to do about it? It's 11 minutes past six. This is the Doobie Brothers and listen to the music. I'll be joined by Dino Joachim, live from the Isle of Wight, the proprietor of the Nightingale Hotel. Very interesting guy. Was on with me three weeks ago. And I'm glad to have him back today. Monday's programme, the Doobies. Great night out about three years ago at the Apollo in Manchester. The Doobie Brothers listened to the music on the Richie Allen radio show. 14 minutes past six, Monday's programme. Thank God for my next guest. Thank God. Thank God I have a guest. Otherwise I'd be boring to be Jesus out of you for the last 45 minutes. Nobody needs that. Let's welcome him back. He came on the programme, didn't he, about three weeks back because, uh, well, he made the news and I was fascinated. He runs the Nightingale Hotel on the Isle of Wight. It looks like a fab place uh, to go, so it does. And he updated the website back then to say that only red-pilled guests were welcome and that mask holes and vaxa holes should stay away. It was very funny, very tongue-in-cheek, but he meant it as well. He meant it, saying that the, the, the hotel only accepted mask-exempt people, no New World Order woke occultists or their minions. Really bright guy. He's got into a lot when he was on three weeks ago. Let's have a catch-up with him. Let's welcome back to the programme, Dino Joachim. Dino, welcome back. How are you? Thank you very much, Richie. Thank you. Nice to have you. How have things been for you since we spoke last? I know the weather has been absolutely abysmal, but um, go on. Yeah, it's been a nightmare. And um, I know the energy levels I had the last time were quite high. And I just uh, hope I don't disappoint any of your listeners tonight because my energy levels are a little bit dropped. I'm suffering from really bad fibromyalgia the last few days, and it's it's, it's a struggle. But I'm going. I'm here to like just give you some information, some updates of what what I've gone through in the last three weeks. So hopefully, you know, we look past my you know my energy levels and just listen to 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 what I have to say, really, you know. And I wanted to say as well, what, what you just said, I've been listening to you is spot on, mate. I mean, no offense to some of the comments, but you're, you're absolutely right. The way you responded to them, these fucking tribunals and these courts and shit are a fucking waste of time. In, in a nutshell. It's, it's been my experience. I, I, look, I'd love to be proved wrong. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were wrong? None of us wants absolutely. to be right, you know. I'd love to read in three or six weeks' time that this has all ended because some lawyer has taken, but it's not going to happen. Anyway, we'll leave that there. It's never going to happen. All of these people have been paid off. All of them have been paid off. And it doesn't matter which party it is. It doesn't matter if it's the Tories or whoever the fuck it is. It's not political. These people will get paid off by the elite, by Bill Gates. They probably have hundreds of millions of pounds right now in secret bank accounts around the world. It doesn't matter who was there. If anything, the other parties just pissed off that they didn't yeah. get bribed. You're right. It's the, the and by people, by people, I think you mean, we don't mean the lawyer. I'm sure the lawyer means well. I'm sure he does. By people being paid I'm, off, we mean the judges. Uh, we, 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 we mean the clerks. We mean the politicians. And of course, we mean if any of this ever went in front of a jury, which it wouldn't anyway. You're right. It's rigged. You don't beat the system by playing the system's games. I've, no. It's my opinion, uh, Dino. You know, um, our chat three weeks ago. I look. We we have we have a healthy audience, and we we get a good response to most of the guests that we have on. We had a fantastic response to you, and it's. I, I knew why. Obviously, you're a brilliantly articulate, very funny bloke, and um, very experienced for. For a fairly young bloke, I mean, compared to compared to me, you've done an awful lot. You've achieved a lot, and people needed that bit of, 
you know, people were sick of hotels and pubs just doing what they were told to hear you say, no, no, if you come to me, I'll take care of you. You don't have to live like this. We'll give you a good experience. Uh, come to the Isle of Wight. It was really needed. So a huge response to that last time you were Absolutely. on, mate. So. And thank you so much for that. That was incredible. Um, and and I think a lot of people thought, OK, now that he's made it public, he's going to get shut down. And a lot of them probably hoped that as well. I mean, a lot of people wish us, you know, that they say when I put up a video saying that I've traveled the world, I've lived a normal life, I've gone to the protest and look, I've done the antibody test and I've never caught COVID. And then they start commenting, saying this video is going to end up on the news when these when these two are dead, when me and my partner are dead. And it hasn't happened. We're still yeah. alive and it's, it's all a load of shit. And just the same thing with my business. I've been approached by basically the Isle of Wight Council probably got because of when they tried to find me the 22,000 pounds and the noise that I made they thought okay they'd go over their head sort of thing go to the mainland uh, authorities get get the higher authorities to come down here and and tell me what's what so two of them turned up they came to the Isle of Wight these were head senior licensing officers and they knocked on my door and we had a nice little chat inside my bar and I explained to them that we're an exempt only hotel. We accept guests who are only exempt and there are pretty much no restrictions. Uh, long story short, they wished me well. They wished me all the success. And that was it. They left. Um, then about a week later on, I get a phone call from Environmental Health. And it sounded like they were aware of these two police officers that came. So they must have been the ones that told them to come here and were probably disappointed that you know, nothing happened, really. They couldn't do anything to me. Um, I spoke to somebody very reasonable at the council, and I explained to them that we literally have no restrictions here. We have no signs. We have no stupid stickers on the floor. We have no shield at the bar. Our staff do not wear masks. They do not wear shields. They do not wear any of that crap. We basically, Richard, we have no restrictions whatsoever. And the only thing that they left to, uh, like, a question mark over was the QR code, the NHS. QR code, oh, and that was the only thing. So then um, they, they they replied back saying that we needed to have one. And I said, listen, my, none of my staff are going to use, none of my guests are going to use that QR code. So where do we go from here? And they replied today saying that if if um, if we don't have the QR code, we have to display it somewhere. They said, otherwise we have to take people's names and details. Now, okay, he he didn't specify where, so I think I'm going to stick this QR code sticker on the bins <laughs> on the side of the building. And, 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 yeah. and when people turn up, you know, we, we can just say to them, by the way, can you go outside where the bins are? And you can go scan the QR code over there. Right, and obviously yeah. nobody's going to fucking do that. I think that's the only part where I've managed, I've not managed to completely annihilate it from my hotel. But my point is, I was almost infuriated after speaking to him. I, mean, I, I was like quite happy. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that they're accepting the fact that we're just running without any restrictions whatsoever, where every fucking other hotel and, and business on the island um, is is rejecting people for not coming inside. Some of my guests, I've, I've been quite busy. I've been very busy, and my hotel has been full of uh, red pill guests. Brilliant news. Saying, they, Brilliant news. When, yeah, great news. And what they say when they go to places, uh, one person, for instance, um, the 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 owner of the pub came up to them. He wasn't wearing a mask and said, "You can't come in without a mask." They said we're exempt. He didn't accept that. Now I want to say right now, uh, this is bullshit. None of us are exempt. None of us are exempt. It's complete crap. We're not an exempt hotel anymore. We're just people who don't want to wear masks. And yeah. simple as that. 
you know, they, if they hear this, fuck them. Let them try to do something about it. I don't understand. It's it's their stupid rules and their stupid loopholes. And we're not seals. We're not going to be jumping through loopholes. There are no restrictions here. They cannot. They did not specify where that QR code has to be. So I will put it in the most put it on the chimney. Possible. Put it on the chimney. Hey, listen. Let me um, just for people who don't know what the QR code is, I'll explain it in four sentences because we were asked to use it in 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 the Lake District, which was funny. The the government wants people to download an app to to their phones. It's an NHS app. And then if you go to Dino's bar in his hotel for a drink, they want you to scan a QR code that Dino has displayed to basically check in. The reason they want you to do this is if later on there is an outbreak of a coronavirus and it is linked to somebody who has been to Dino's bar, they can then get in touch with you and say, ha ha, you were in Dino's bar on that day. You should now isolate for a week or for two weeks. It's a QR code. It's bullshit. Dino quite rightly said in some cases they do say if you don't have a smartphone, you can give your name and email address to the the <laughs> to the premises in up up in the up in the Lake District. They they weren't really insistent on it, but we we found a lovely I, I place. Suggest, I suggest what we do is we have a book there, like a hotel book, yeah. where you write your experience in, and everybody who comes in, they can write their name as Bill Gates, and they can put number <laughs> ten's telephone number. I think that would be great. And if anything ever gets tracked, uh, traced back, it's traced back to Bojo because at the end of the day, he's the only one that I know who's caught the virus and went to hospital. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and go prove to me that this is no, who not. you are or anything. That's the only part where it was a little bit iffy. Every other restriction is not, uh, you cannot enforce it. So why is why are all these businesses doing it? What we're basically saying, right? What I'm basically saying is, the government's not pushing this. It's not perpetuating it. It's, it's the people who are perpetuating. This is important. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is a great point you were making. You, I, I think you touched on this. We didn't have enough time to get into it last time. It's not that the men in blue uniforms are standing over the hotels and the bars to make sure they're doing it. They're not. They are willingly doing it. This is interesting, Dino. They could do what you do, which is basically just say, fuck off and, and just open up fully, but they don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand it. I mean, are they scared? Are they genuinely scared? Because I've spoken to some business owners and they said that they cannot risk the fines. What fucking fines? Yeah. I've been running my business right now for a couple of months and, and it, it, there, there are no fines. I have no fines. I've been visited by licensing officers. I've spoken to environmental health. Everything I am doing, which is basically living a normal life, the new, the old norm. Forget the new norm. The new norm is just another term for new world order. It's the same bullshit. But nobody's actually, everyone's afraid of the fines. If they're really genuinely scared of a virus, they should close down their business and go see a psychologist because they're obviously hypochondriacs and they need to be pulled out of this fear that they've been, they've been put in. And that's what... That's what I kept mentioning to the to the environmental health officer. I said, there are no cases on the island anymore. Not one case on the island. And yet everybody in the street are wearing masks. Is Why? that right that now? Hang on, hang on, hang on. This is good. Is the Isle of Wight, is it currently case-free, you know, day it, by day? It was, 
a week ago when I checked, it was completely case-free. When I put up a wow. video on YouTube, uh, it was completely case-free. I haven't checked over the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah. And yet everybody, including the parents of my, my kids' school, they get out of their car, they put on their stupid fucking muzzles, and they walk 200 feet to get to the school, <laughs> where they only have to walk three meters inside the school. Me, my partner, yeah. and even my ex-wife, We've never worn masks throughout the whole thing, yeah, yeah. ever, ever, ever. But these lot are putting on their masks when there's gale force winds outside. I mean, exactly what do they think? Who are they protecting? Or yeah. how do they think they're getting protected? And from what if there are no cases? Guy ran past me if this morning. I didn't even mention this to the, to the missus. I, I, I normally would say something along these lines. A guy ran, ran past me this morning down Liverpool Street, right on the edge of Manchester City Centre. A guy ran past me and he was fit. And he was going, he was going, he was, he, he was running quickly. He was running quicker than me. And he was properly masked up over his nose. I mean, he's risking his life by doing that. He Absolutely. could have a fucking heart attack and drop stone dead on the ground. I, I, I was almost tempted to grab him, but I thought if he reacts badly and we end up rolling around on the ground, it'll be, I'll be in the papers for, <laughs> for assault and some bloke. <laughs> and you don't want to be getting into trouble like that. But yeah, he was running. Uh, proper, the guy was fit, you know, fitter than me. Fully masked up, crazy. How how do you get to that stage where you where you, you swallow with hook, line and sinker, Dino? Well, it's, it's been 17 months, isn't it? We should have stopped this on month two. On month two, when we all realised this was bullshit, we should have stopped it. But for some reason, I think we all have this hope inside us, this like false hope that the government is suddenly going to say, you know what, it's all over now and it's all okay. But it's not okay because that they have an agenda. It's never been about the virus. It's never been about the pandemic because there is no pandemic. Maybe there's a virus, but there is definitely no pandemic. And the reaction to, to this virus is completely overblown. So we know very well that it's it's something else what they're trying to do what they're trying to do is they're trying to subdue us they're trying to uh, they're trying to lower our spirits break us and down mentally aren't they psychologically break us down yeah break us down psychologically and um, unfortunately i was going to baptize my children next weekend um at the church just down the road literally two doors down the road from me and i met the the deacon there and she was so lovely and she came here and we were hugging and everything so i kind of almost forgot about the fact that yeah. masks and restrictions and everything so she turned up yesterday and she said that you know everybody the whole community is going to be there uh when my children are going to get baptized and everybody's going to be wearing masks and everybody's going to be social distancing there won't be any singing and she's going to have to sanitize and me and my partner were looking at each other and even my daughter was sat there and they could see the fire burning in my eyes and I just said, hold up. No, I don't think we can do this. I go, first of all, I go, we don't wear masks. She's like, are you exempt? For some stupid reason, I said, yeah. But I wanted to say, no, we're not exempt. We just don't believe in any of this. Yeah, bullshit. yeah. But yeah, we're exempt. They're like, okay, you don't have to wear masks. Everyone else is. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to be baptized in this dystopian church. And then I said to her, where is your faith in God? And Richard, you won't believe what she said to me. It still haunts me right now what she said. She said, my faith is that God is working in the people who are making the vaccines and distributing them. Motherfucker, are you kidding me right now? Did she? None of those people believe in God. None of those. It's like saying that God is working in, in, in murderers and abusers. It's, it's insane. There are people dying from this vaccine. Bill Gates does not believe in God. That God is not working through him. Lucifer is working through him. Imagine and that. these people are eating up this shit 
as if it's the last fucking meal. She, she told you that God is working through the, the doctors and the vaccinologists and the vaccinators. and This is astonishing. Let me remind our listeners, Dino Joachim is our guest. He's the proprietor of the Nightingale Hotel on the Isle of Wight. He was on with us about three weeks ago. We had a fantastic conversation then about his decision and his partner's decision to basically make the, re- the, the, the hotel, the hotel because it is a hotel, and the restaurant and the bar a, a place for, for proper people. A place for people who know that this is bullshit and uh, it was a great thing great great message on the website it was picked up by the media and uh, Dino came on to talk uh, to us about it I'm really astonished by what the deacon said to you you know I could almost imagine if this continues eventually one of these deacons is going to put a little mask on Jesus on the crucifix someone is going to do that someone is going to do that yeah well if it's good enough for Jesus if it's good enough for Jesus it's good enough for you Dino (laughs) you could imagine it couldn't you this is how crazy it is where is the faith in God? They've taken their faith, the Dalai Lama, the priest, the Vatican, they've taken their faith out of God and they put it in the hands of Gates. That, that's, that's insane. I mean, there, there were monasteries in Cyprus that we visited and none of the monks there were wearing masks. We kissed the icons. Everybody was kissing the icons. There were no spikes. Nobody in those monasteries got sick. It's kind of weird that the people who truly believe that this exists are the only ones getting sick. Yeah. That's really strange. I think people need to have a little bit more, definitely more common sense. But if you're going to follow a religion, you need to have faith in that religion and not faith in in pseudoscience, which is what I think it is. Certainly is pseudoscience. We might have touched on this before. Every it's almost like every month or two. One of them, whether it's Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer, or, or Valance, or even Jonathan Van Tam, the deputy chief medical officer, one of them actually spills the beans on national television and nobody bats an eyelid. Like they will say, most people won't get this virus. And of those who do, most of them won't become seriously ill. Only a tiny Rich, handful. Did they tell you? Why don't we just call 111 right now? I, I had to call them the other day to get some advice because somebody sprayed me in the eye with a Dettol can, yeah? No, no I mean, that, that's how you abuse people now. You spray them in the can with a disinfectant spray, yeah? And then in the face. It's insane. So I called them up because, I, I, anyway, and it said there on the message that if this is for COVID-19, most people will experience mild to none uh, symptoms. This no was the symptoms message. This was the message, was it? This was the list of options you got. Right now, anyone can pick up the phone right now. Just call one one one, and you'll hear it yourself. We wow. locked down the entire country. I can't talk about the rest of the world, so I just yeah. want to talk about the UK right now. So right now, what we should do? Every single business right now should stop behaving like fear mongers and and frightened um, hypochondriacs and treating people like they're diseased. And treating my children like they're diseased or like they're diseased and they're going to pass it on. That's a sickness in the mind. And the government did that. And we allowed them to do it over 17 months. And we've reached a stage now where we're on an island with not one case, but everyone is still wearing masks. All the students in the streets are wearing masks. Everybody. My kids run too close to somebody. I walk too close to somebody in the supermarket. They They shoot back as if I'm an electric eel or something. As if you're a leper. As if you're a leper, yeah, I've seen it. I, I, I've encountered this on the streets of Salford. People walking onto a busy road, risking being knocked down by a car because they dread that they might get within five or six inches of you. I, I, I'm stunned by it. It's out in the open air. People wearing masks in the open air becoming more and more common as well. Right. 
Is it a redeemable, Dino? Can I ask you this? What's your opinion on this? You're a businessman, you're on the Isle of Wight. No cases there, people wearing the mask. Is this irretrievable, this situation? Well, well, this is what I'm trying to speak to the council right now. And every time I mention that in an email replying to them, they ignore me. I'm trying to say, can we please sit down? And I'm happy to donate my own money and raise money so that we can promote now on the radio, wherever we need to, that there are no cases and there's no need to be wearing masks. And I also said to them that during the lockdown and, and even possibly now, what we should be doing is encouraging businesses like yoga centers, health centers, uh, um, gyms, if, if they want, they can do it outside to, to bring people, unhealthy people, so that we can, you know, uh, promote healthier living, healthier eating, healthier yeah. drinking, vitamins, supplements. But you drive past McDonald's and it's full. It's packed in round, there. Round. They're shoving all of this disgusting food in there. I don't eat that crap because it's full of steroids and GMOs. And this is why they're getting sick. And then when they're obese and they catch a flu, which, you know, COVID, which they've relabeled, they've relabeled flu as COVID, and then they get sick, they blame it on the flu. No, you're just a fat ass. You're just unhealthy. You need, you need to go. I exercised today for two hours. I was hung over because last night I was in so much pain from the fibro that I had quite a few drinks. But I woke up. I still took my vitamins. I still took my supplements. I still took my shakes of spinach and celery, which, yeah, fair enough. It tastes disgusting, but it's healthy for you. Yeah. And I still did about 200 push-ups today. I'm trying to keep fit. And that way I won't be a burden on the NHS which are too busy making TikTok fucking videos. Yeah, well, fuck the NHS. If um, I've, I've paid, I don't know how many thousands over the years. I've had times, not now, but over the years I've had times when I, when, when, when I was working for others and I, and I did okay and I was able to put some money away and, uh, and, and I paid a lot of money in national insurance and taxation. A lot of money in national insurance and taxation. So this nonsense about protect the NHS, fuck right off. Okay, yeah, if yeah. I get fucking sick, I'm quite happy to use the NHS if I need to. I don't imagine I ever would uh, because I've contributed enough money to it. Thanks very much. That's right. And not only that, they're saying that the vaccines are free. They're free. They're free. No, they're not. It's come from our money, our taxes. They go into the government pot, which is supposed to be used for us. Then these politicians, which are crooked and have been corrupted and bribed, uh, then using our money to spend it on the vaccines, which were the people which initially bribed them. So the money is going to them. They're taking the money from us and it's going straight to the people which is which have created this. When Bill Gates met with hand penis and fucking Bojo, yeah, he bribed them. He said to them, this is what you need to do. This is what we're doing in the rest of the world. And now you implement this, you push the vaccine, and I don't know where their money is, but I guarantee you they've been paid off. I can feel it in my bones. I, I still can't get over the, the baptism and the deacon. I can't get over that. Yeah, uh, I really can't. So, uh, I, I found a priest in Cyprus, which is against everything. He's against Bill Gates. He believes he's you know, creating genocide, uh, GMOs, the vaccines, everything. So I'm hoping that I can go back there. But I'm so infuriated, Richie, because, you know, we had Black Lives Matter, which kicked off in America, and then it spewed over here into the nation of sheep that we are. And then we all got pissed off here, and we, they were all screaming for reparations. Reparations from who exactly? I've mm. never had slaves. My ancestors never had slaves. 
Who do they want reparations from exactly? That's past. Well, you know what? I want reparation. I want reparation for the damage that they've caused in the last 17 months. I want reparation because I... All the mental health that I've experienced and everybody else has experienced. Mm. I had to go to Cyprus. I couldn't hug my dad, my mom, my sisters. My children were treated like they were diseased. They could sense it. My, they couldn't hug their grandparents. My, my grandmother is 105 years old. I couldn't go near her because they thought I was diseased. And yet when I've done antibody tests, I, I did it. they forced me to do a COVID test when I got there. And I was I was negative. So what was the problem then? Why couldn't I hug everyone? Man. Then I did the antibody test lately, and I, I don't I've never had COVID apparently. I post that, and they say no, no, you need the T cell. How many fucking tests am I supposed to do yeah. to prove to everybody that I've never caught this thing, and I'm not a walking, I'm not death. It's conditioning, you know I mean? isn't it? It's conditioning. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just. It's conditioning people. This this testing regime. By the way, I must confess, I did have slaves once. I had slaves about 15 years ago. They escaped. I got a posse together, but we lost them at John O'Groat, sadly, if anybody knows where they are. Nothing, nothing like having a few slaves. Um, I, I'm not getting into that. Um, some people will believe that's true, so I better just say I was joking there. Dino Joking is our guest. I got a posse together. We lost them at John O'Groat's. Uh, Dino is the owner of the Nightingale Hotel. He's there with his lovely other half, Leela, and their children. The hotel looks fantastic. Website, I'll put it up again. I'll put it on, not on Facebook anymore. I'll put it on Twitter. And I, I must ask you before I forget, uh, I'm delighted that you've had uh, a lot of guests and that you've been doing well. And when I say that, I mean it. Tell me about the conversations with those guests. Did those guests then, did some of them come to you because you got mentioned in the national media? Is that how you got some of those guests? Tell me about that. Uh, possibly through you. We got a lot of attention through through the, our last interview. Loads of fan mail from all around the world. Lovely. Everywhere. Literally, J Japan, New Zealand, Switzerland. I mean, they came from everywhere. It was overwhelming. Leela had to go through all the emails and slowly, slowly reply to everybody because they were so personal that we didn't want to just make a template and send it to, send it to everybody. So we had to reply to everybody. We, we got a, a letter from somebody... Um, from a police officer, I don't want to say which part of the UK, that said, you know, thank you so much for putting us in good light as well. I don't know if it was something that I said on your show on Twitter. We're not all bad and we don't all believe in this as, uh, either. So, and, and he's right, not, not all the cops are bad because the, the ones that came here, for instance, I'm pretty sure they want to go after drug dealers, abusers. Yeah. And, 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 but then I, uh, one of the, uh, a couple of the guests that were here, they checked out today. Uh, their house got raided by 15 police officers. Three vans pulled up. They came inside. They went through everything in their house, their knicker drawers, everything. They were treated like criminals. They took all of their stereo equipment and their decks because they believed that they were part of an illegal rave that happened during lockdown no when they were way. not. They were, it was proven that that was not true. Yeah, it was proven that was not true. So they got their equipment no back, Dino. Did they get their equipment returned? They got everything returned, but the thing is, the damage was done. I mean, all the neighbors were out, and they covered this equipment with black bags. It, it could have been, it could have looked like cocaine or body parts or anything leaving, right? And, and it was traumatizing for this couple. And I, if it was me personally, I would be suing the shit out of them. And not only that, but these cops should have some integrity and say, you know what, this is bullshit. I'm not going to go raid somebody's house over something like this. This is stupid. I mean, if I was a police officer, I'd know where to go right now yeah, yeah, to yeah. bust people selling heroin and crack. I'd know where, where certain crime criminals are. 
Well, how did they not know that? And I'm pretty sure the senior officers, like the ones that came here and the ones that I've dealt with, I've been very lucky, have all been very reasonable. And I think they just want to go back to their job where they're arresting real criminals and not people for not, for not uh, abiding by these ridiculous lockdown rules. So that, that's why, I mean, they left here wishing me all the success. And that was really, really nice. But I, some police officers have really jumped up. I don't know if they've hired new police officers. You know, I don't know if they have these little ego trips. Maybe they're as short as me, but instead of doing something with their life, they became cops and wanted to bully people or something. I don't know. I haven't come across the, these these cops. But like what you said in the protests, yeah, we were shepherded. We, we were herded, yeah? We call everyone else sheep, but in fact, we were the sheep in that protest, in the Million Person March. When, when Leela and I stopped to get something to eat and then we joined back on, we realized that the end, the end part of the protest, there was police directing us. And then all the roads, all the roads that they didn't want us to go down, they were blocked off. Yeah. So they just, they, they led us through this nine and a half mile walk around London. For yeah. what exactly? I don't get it. Can I just what say this? Fuck? Can I just say this? When I've brought this up over the years, not just in the last few months, and I, and I take it on the chin because I really do have thick skin. I've been doing this job for too long. And you, there isn't anything any man or woman could say to me that would embarrass me or, or make me angry. Nothing. You can say whatever you want about me. Look, I'm a big, tall, bald Irishman with bad teeth and two dodgy knees. And I'm a complete bullshitter. I've, I've got nothing to hide. I was saying these things to people years ago about the protesting and the kettling and stuff. And people used to abuse me because they didn't want to be told that. You know, they didn't want to be told, well, you actually weren't exercising your right to do whatever you wanted because you were being led by and corralled by a group of police officers. And really, you know, and they don't want to hear it. I said it to a guy who got in touch with me a couple of weeks back. Stop this in the protests. I said, can I ask you a question? He went, yeah, because I got him on Skype. I was so passionate by what he said to me, I got him on Skype. His name is Rory. That's his name. He's from Glasgow and he'll be listening to this. And I said, Rory, let's have a chat on Skype. He said, yeah, Richie, yeah, let's have a chat. I said, Rory, come here to me and i tell you. I said, so you went down to London. He said, yeah. I said, hundreds of thousands. I said, that's brilliant. Yeah, you felt brilliant. He said, yeah, we felt brilliant. And you were pissing on it. I said, no, I'm not. Why didn't you walk down Downing Street, the three, exactly. four hundred thousand of you? And yeah. do what? And politely invite the barrel of monkey spunk currently residing there um, to pack his bags and leave. Get the fuck out. Exactly. You, you, we should no, all No violence. Stand. We don't need to march. We just need to sit there and say, get out, get out, get out. And yeah. when they leave, anyone that replaces them will know that we do not accept this kind of tyranny. That's what we yeah. need to do. We don't need to march around. And not only that, but a lot of people are treating it like a festival. They're having fun. They're bringing boom boxes and turning it into some fun thing. But for them, it's Woodstock or some bullshit. I don't want to go. I want to go all militant. I don't want to go there and have fun. You know I what I would do, Dino? Do you know what I would do? It'd be interesting to get your perspective on this. If, if I had 500,000 followers, if I was the Pied Piper and 200,000, I, I would do what I, what I said. I would invite these people to vacate these places, all of them. No violence, absolutely none. I would say, look, pack a bag. The game is up now. We're not going to be living like this anymore. If I were you now, I would pack a bag and I would head off to one of your stately homes to the coast somewhere and just fuck right off now. But people are terrified of that because people imagine that if something like that ever did happen, people imagine that the that the football hooligans would take over. They 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 imagine it would end up like Mad Max Dino. They they imagine that we would be run then 
it would be anarchic and that real thugs would be running things. And I kind of understand why they fear that. I kind of fear that myself, to be honest. Sometimes, you know. Saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. We don't, we don't want to end up looking like the guys in on uh, Capitol uh, in America you yeah. know, during the Trump thing, where, where then we look like domestic terrorists. And, you know, even if there's a million of us and there's 68 million, I believe, in the UK, something like that, they'll label us all as a domestic terrorist and then they might put on stronger restrictions. You know, some days I really do want to call for violence and say, let's just charge the doors. But really, that, that that's not it. And I, I posted that today. Some days I feel down and I say things that I don't mean. But I do genuinely believe that a march is not necessary. We just need to stand there and demand that they leave. They tried to arrest somebody in the protest and he... he you could see in the video, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He didn't look like a troublemaker. And everybody around started chanting and saying, let him go, let him go. And the police officers let him go. Why did they let him go? If they genuinely believed that he was breaking the law and they needed to arrest him, why did they let him go? Yeah. They let him go because they were shit scared because there was lit there was so many people there and they were outnumbered. They have to listen to us. The government is not being the government is not in control over us. The government does not own my business. The government does not own me. We put them there to deal with the bullshit administration. It's almost like saying my, my receptionist now, you know, she's my boss or something like that. I put her there. I pay her. She does her job. But at the same time, it's the hotel that's in charge. Yeah. Well, we're in charge. We're the country. We are the people. If we don't believe that they are dealing with this correctly, they should stand down. They should leave. And we have enough evidence right now. And we know in our hearts that this is not true. Nobody is dying from this right now. There are no cases on the island, and yet everybody's wearing masks. Why the hell isn't everybody just standing up and telling the council, you know what, we put you there, and we know that there's nothing going on. There's nothing to fear. So if you continue to push these rules onto us and bully us and send down your little councilmen with their clipboards, we're just going to remove you because we're the ones that put you there. Yeah, absolutely. Sim do you, know, do you know, many years ago, I didn't cover this now. I was in Dublin many years ago. I was spending time with some producers working for the National Broadcaster. And I was spending a bit of time with a man who's passed away now, a great, great presenter, a proper presenter called Jerry Ryan. Rest in peace. And we were talking about how, on a number of occasions over the years, in inner city Dublin, in housing estates in Dublin, where there were some real problems with scumbag dealers who were selling smack to, to young kids or, or giving young kids smack in order to get them addicted to it on a number of occasions. And there was a dramatisation of one of these things. There was a, a drama made by RT Television itself on a number of occasions. This really happened, Dino. Um, lots and lots and lots of mums and grandmothers, we're talking maybe 200, 250, walked to the, to the door, to the terraced house of where these scumbags were operating and basically ran them out of town without lifting so much as a wooden spoon. Amazing. That's how it's done. And I, I remember years ago, I covered the marches in London, the anti-Iraq war marches. I covered it as a journalist. I remember thinking a million people. We knew then what Tony Blair was. You know, everybody was optimistic when he got in in 97, but then we knew what he was. And I'm thinking that million people could have just taken a right turn and gone down Downing Street and said, I tell you what, Tony, all debts are forgiven. You don't have to worry about your physical safety. You or your family. Just fuck off now. The game is up now. Just fuck right, right off. You know, uh, but, but they went down. I don't know where they marched. I know they marched in London, Manchester, waving their Iraq flags and saying how shit everything was. But then they went home. They went home. 
What good is that? They went home and they watched Iraq being bombed to smithereens on the television. I, I, I believe that um, a lot of people right now are involved in this and they're profiting from it. So I, I think a lot of people don't want this to end. What's going to happen to the people who have who emerged from this and started, the, you know, the, the organizers? I mean, I, I've heard of people which are trying to, take, you know, travel ways right now. I don't want to give names. I don't want to throw these people under the bus right now. Um, but they, they're investing millions into creating something that if, if everything stopped right now, what would happen to their business? It would yeah. be useless. So a lot of these people are really invested. I mean, even, even to the lower level of Twitter users, which have posted, I'm enjoying waking people up. Well, find another fucking hobby, okay? Because we want this to end. You know, we're, we're not here so that we can enjoy what we're doing. We're not here to make the festival into, into, into uh, sorry, the protest into a festival. And a lot of these people, I think, have really invested time and money. And when you go to these protests, you see political endorsements. You see people talking about religion. You know, it's, they, I think they're, 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 they're enjoying this too much and they're taking advantage of this too much. I mean, what happens right now if all of this ends and every hotel on the island decides that they're, you know, mask-free and everything? That means I'm not special anymore. I am so down with that. Yeah, it'd be I'm fantastic, so wouldn't that. it? Fantastic. You know, I, mean, I want my freedom back. And the, the problem is, let, let's just think locally here because I, I can't quite understand how we're going to deal with this uh, internationally. But in a sense, if you look at Texas, they're open. Florida's open. Mexico's open. I have tickets to go to Mexico, but it's not the right time for me. I had to cancel that, that, that flight. But uh, Spain, I believe, now is open as well. And they, they're saying that there's no tests. Is that right? Or yeah, it's no up in vaccine? the air. At the moment, the Spain thing is up in the air. Let me have a look at BBC News. It's up in the air at the moment, I think. I know the Spanish are very keen for British tourists to travel to Spain like ASAP. But as far as I understand, the government is still, you know, messing around with, well, you might have to quarantine. and prisoners, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. They're saying, like, those countries are saying you can come. But then, then they're saying, no, you can't leave. And then if you come back, there's this whole process yeah. of it. So you have to lie about where pay you're going to go. Pay for Why are you going to go there? Yeah. I mean, I've got tickets to Cancun. What the fuck am I going to lie about? Who the fuck goes to Cancun for yeah. anything else except for a holiday? For a holiday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me this because uh, time is rapidly going to run out here. I've got to mention the, I didn't mention it yet, which Maya Culpa, I should have done. Nightingale-hotel.co.uk. The Nightingale is in Shanklin. Just put Nightingale Hotel Shanklin into a search engine. You'll find the website for the hotel, all you need to know about it. And you've heard him, Dino, today. You heard him three weeks ago. If you want a nonsense-free holiday, that's a lovely, that's a tagline and a half there, Dino. For <laughs> nonsense-free entertainment. No masks, no distancing, no stupid QR codes. Unless you want to climb to the top of the uh, hotel's roof to, to scan it on the chimney. No QR, <laughs> no QR codes. Sell, I want you to sell the hotel. The pictures of the hotel are absolutely gorgeous. Here's a, here's a free ad. Go ahead. Give me a WWF-style promo for the hotel. WWE. Go ahead. So, I mean, this, this past week just passed by. Everybody here was amazing. They're all red pillars. You, you hear all these conversations happening. Um, everybody was all against COVID. We had one couple, unfortunately, which was the last couple from bookings.com. Now, I, I didn't want to come here and advertise. I, I really do have a mission. And like I said, my, my main purpose is that all of this ends right now. But I still need to make some money because we're a seasonal island. And come winter, 
we have bills to pay and and we don't get tourism here. So it would be great if you guys can support us. If you go to our website, because we're not on bookings.com, we left because everybody from bookings.com were coming over with masks. masks. And a couple of them, which checked out, they held it in the whole week. And then they turned around to Leela and they said, we love your hotel, but we're really upset that you're COVID deniers. There was no point getting into a conversation <laughs> with them. It was just like, see you later. But everybody else that was here the entire week were people like us, red pillars. And they were, they were awake, fully awake. Some people were even talking about Flat Earth and some people were talking about this and that. It was just so much fun. I've never enjoyed my, my hotel this much. Everybody was amazing. And if Brilliant. you come here, you'll really enjoy it. And people who are staying in hotels nearby that saw my sign outside saying mask-free zone, they couldn't believe it. They said they didn't know about us because they looked on bookings.com and we weren't there. That's because... I tried to put a screenshot of the website saying no mask holes, no ask, uh, vax holes, and they removed that. So I, I can't use bookings.com. That was 90% of my business coming from bookings.com. So if you guys want to come on a holiday over here, if you want to support us, that's amazing. We really appreciate it. We really re appreciate all of the attention and, and the fan mail that we got from the last show. Richie, thank you so much for that. Not at all. And, Listen, and I, wouldn't allow, I wouldn't allow anybody to come on here and advertise any product. I wouldn't allow it. I've, I, I, look, I've, I've been a radio presenter producer for too long. I wouldn't allow it. Uh, I permit this because you're, what you're doing is a great thing. And because my listeners obviously want to know about places like yours, and of course they're few and far between, you're about the only person in the hotel business. Uh, my pal Laura in Cheshire, in Moberly, the railway inn, Laura's not running after her customers in the pub telling them what to do and where to go and what masks to wear either. She's great. So of course I'll endorse it. 100%. I'm delighted. I love the story of uh, the checking out people. I love this story. There's not so queer as folk. Thanks, uh, Dino and Leela. We had an absolutely fantastic time, you fucking COVID deniers. How <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just brilliant. It's so typically British, isn't it? We had a great time. The rooms were lovely. The, 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 the beds were gorgeous. The, the shower, fantastic. We're never coming back, you bastard. Yep. <laughs> right. I mean, I would, I would see them on the cameras walking from outside to my front door and then taking off the mask. They were so shit scared of, an, uh, of oh, Jesus. how they felt. They would wear them outside. And I said to Leela, we're going to get a really negative review. And I hate the fact that they're here. They're pretending they're one of us, but they're yeah. not one of us. And they, they showed their true colors on the last day, which was uh, really sad, really. But funny, I'm glad though. I wasn't there because I, I have a short temper. And if I'm in a bad mood, I would have <laughs> just been like. And just before I saw them, I was like, the weather is really, really bad. If the ferries aren't working, you can stay here for half the price I go. And I, I said that to them. I went upstairs and then they had a go at Leela about us being COVID deniers. It was like... After a brilliant you. holiday. Hey, tell me this. Last question. Last question. Uh, I asked a hotel owner many years ago to be honest and tell me that when you watched Faulty Towers, did you have <laughs> genuine sympathy for Basil? After dealing with the public for years yourself, when you watch it, do you think... He's fucking right, <laughs> It's It's not the easiest. It's a very difficult <laughs> industry, and you can lose it. And sometimes I feel like faulty towers. Honestly, I feel like Basil, like totally. I saw I saw some tweet today, some guy saying, oh, I want to quit my job, and I'm thinking about opening up a hotel. And my question to him Don't. was, have you, ever, have you ever worked in hospitality? He goes, no. Jesus. I'm like, really? Okay, well, I've studied hospitality. I've worked in clubs, restaurants, bars, and I can tell you that it's one of the hardest jobs I've ever done is running a hotel. Even if you have the staff and everything, as an owner, 
the stress and the time it takes from you. And sometimes it can make you loopy and you turn into Basil, absolutely. Legend, I want to thank Dino for coming on. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, Nightingale. I'll tweet a link out where you can follow him. But do go to nightingale-hotel.co.uk. And if you want to break in the UK uh, this uh, summer or any summer, check him out. You're not going to put up with all that nonsense. It's a gorgeous looking hotel. He's had fantastic reviews on Google from people who've been to the hotel. He's got a smashing lady with him there and great staff, nightingale hyphen uh, nightingale-hotel.co.uk We're out of time, pal. Listen, I'll stay in touch with you and in a couple Thank of months' time we'll get you back on and have a good chat. Here, yeah? Oh, I'd love to. You know I would. I'd love to, mate. And thanks for inviting us. Thanks, Dino. All the best to Leela, by the way, and all the staff there. The amazing Dino Joachim, live on the Richie Allen Show for Monday, the 24th of May, 2021. Nightingale-hotel.co.uk Fantastic stuff. Right, that's it from me. Look after yourselves and one another. We'll do it all again tomorrow at five o'clock on your Richie Allen radio show. Adios, adios. <laughs>